It's on the left side. The funny football show. I've gained every qualification that's possible. No other manager in the world has got more qualifications than me. Hello, I'm Jim. Welcome back. Or welcome for the first time. This is your twice-weekly look at all the things in football that have made us smile over the last few days. We don't talk stats. We don't talk tactics. We don't talk formations. We talk about the funny side of football. Let's start off with a little game, shall we? If you were the boss of a major footballing organisation that has been hit with a few major scandals recently, all around the topics of inequality and sexism, who would you appoint as the next manager of the women's international team? Is it A, an experienced female coach with a proven track record in the ladies game and excellent coaching credentials? Or is it B, Phil Neville? If you said Phil Neville, you are, of course, wrong. But on the plus side, there is a decent chance that you're also Martin Glenn and pulling in a 650 grand a year salary. So, swings and roundabouts, eh? Yep, the FA have decided to completely ignore all the perfectly qualified female coaches in the sport, as well as all the perfectly qualified male coaches for that matter, and appoint poor man's Gary Neville, Phil, as the new head honcho, for the England women's national team. On the face of it, appointing a man with zero experience in the women's game who admits he's only been to a couple of matches looks a bit, well, bizarre. But if you listen to Pinev, he is convinced that he is the right man for the job. What would you say to those who believe you're not qualified? Well, I've worked with the best players in the men's game in world football. I've worked abroad in, in Spanish football. I've got experiences of different cultures. Actually, I think I'm the best person qualified for this job. Interesting statement, that, Pip. As much as I think a brief one-game spell as caretaker manager of Salford FC gives you endless kudos in terms of managerial experience, I'd argue that there are probably one or two people in the game who just about edge you out in the qualification stakes. Let's forget all the coaches and managers in the men's game who have coached and managed. What about the women's game? How about the person you are actually replacing? Mo Marley, a former England player and captain, former manager of the England women's under-19s team, who has herself been awarded an MBE in the past for her services to women's sport. Or ex-Birmingham City player Laura Harvey, who has experienced both England and US national setups, as well as managing teams stateside. Or even Manchester City's title-winning boss Nick Cushing, who has spent the last five years working in the Women's Super League and building one of the best teams the league has seen. Are you absolutely sure that a few months working with your brother in Sevilla makes you more qualified than any of them? Even if you do, at least they've not sent a load of sexist tweets. Uh The truth is, all those excellent candidates were approached to do the job before Phil Neville and in fact turned it down. Probably not in the least part due to the kind of attention that comes with being England boss. Attention which Neville has already learnt about the hard way. Look. I'm not a fan of going back into someone's social media history in an attempt to dig a little bit of dirt. It's sneaky, and it's often not really a true reflection of that individual. Although what I have enjoyed is the hilarious backpedalling and even more hilarious excuses that have been rolled out in the wake of the scandal. 
If you don't know what happened, almost immediately after getting the new job, a load of Twitter messages were uncovered from Philip Neville's account, all with misogynistic and sexist undertones. It was stuff like, You women always wanted equality. Until it comes to paying the bills. Hashtag hypocrites. And also, Relax, I'm back, chilled. Just battered the wife. Feel better now. But are those really sexist tweets? Not according to Phil Neville. I was on holiday at the time. In isolation, they looked terrible. But it was relating to a game of sport, table tennis, basketball, on holiday with my wife. I am a competitive person, so is my wife. Firstly, what the crap is table tennis basketball? It's not even a real sport. This is a man we're putting in charge of a national sports team. And he's just making up sports. He's going to have the women playing cricket boxing or golf snooker or darts rugby before the next tournament. But let's put that to one side. It just sounds like the world's worst made-up-on-the-spot excuse ever, doesn't it? Oh yeah, when I said I'd battered the wife, what I meant was I'd covered her in a light tempura mix before shallow-frying her in an oriental style. Very believable. I bet David Moyes now wishes he'd come up with that kind of excuse when he threatened a reporter last year. You still might get a slap even though you're a woman. <laughs> Careful the next time you come in. When he said slap, what he meant was... Let's have a game of playground favourite slapsies. Or as Phil Neville calls it, backgammon slapsies. <laughs> One thing that Phil does need to work on as England boss, though, is obviously his maths. He's already proved on punditry duty with Sky Sports that counting isn't his strong point. I thought he was trying to out at times. He so desperately wanted to, one, score goals, one, play well, one, be the star, two, four, play for England. And he's been at it again when he was giving his first proper interview as England boss. Part of my vision is to make sure that the next time we come round to this process that we've got five, six, seven, eight, ten female coaches all going for this job. Eight, nine, ten, Phil. That'll be all that wealth of experience that he's had in Spain. He even counts with a false nine. Thanks. Producer Ant wrote that gag. He says it's the cleverest joke he's ever written. I think he's right. But I guess there isn't too much competition. Neville now needs to just keep his head down and get on with the job and not make the mistake of following the current weird trend of comparing his players to fruit. You may remember last year that Pep Guardiola made this comparison about his striker Gabriel Jesus. It's like a watermelon. You have to open and see who's good or not. If Neville starts talking about his striking partnership as a great juicy pair of melons, he's going to be in real trouble. Mmm... But for some reason, it's a growing trend. Pep's done it, and now Jose Mourinho has got in on the act as well when he was talking about his brand new signing, Alexis Sanchez. Alexis reminds me a little bit when you see a tree with amazing oranges in the top of the tree, and then you cannot get there, and you say, oh, I got the lower ones because I don't like the ones in the top. You like the ones in the top, they are so nice and so orange and so round and so full of of juice, but you cannot get there. So you say, I, didn't, I don't want to go there. I think it reminds me a little bit that story. What the actual fuck is he talking about? Is that an analogy of a footballer? Or is Man United now sponsored by Tropicana as well? We only use the juiciest oranges from the top of the tree for our juice. We don't pretend we like the other oranges. 
Churapicana. The ones in the top. They are so nice. That's it. Thank you for coming. We will do this all again in the next few days, so come back then for more hilarity. Hurrah! Also subscribe on the channel now, and you'll get that show as soon as it's ready, and I will see you soon. Bye-bye. On the Left Side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson for Abrupt Audio.